here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet. We are American Communications Online, ACL Radio, and my dog barking great. <laughs> you guys know I've got Coco, my sidekick here. And uh, I'm very excited today to interview someone from Canada, making us international. But stand by, uh, Shane, and we can hear everything you do, like you heard my dog. So we'll ask you to be very still, everybody, while you're talking online. But let's let me introduce you, Mr. R.T. Knight. You're living on the air. You're in Georgia, USA. Is that correct? <laughs> That's correct. Are you on mute? Oh, there he is. Ah, all right, we've got to get everything going here. All these tests. All right. Uh, tell us a little bit about you, R.T. Knight. So uh, oh, let me put our guest on mute. So I'm going to put Shane on mute, and then uh, let me put uh, ah, Melinda D'Amico on mute. Now, you've got the floor. Go ahead. Richard, introduce yourself so Shane will know in the listening audience who you are today. Well, I'm from Santa Monica, California, though I live currently in Georgia. I've been in Georgia for about 30 years. I'm very well educated. I have had numerous life experiences of all kinds, natures and familiarities and all kinds of aspects and so forth. Um, I have doctorates in theology, divinity, spiritual and religious science and metaphysics. Um, I am a a very spiritual oriented individual. Um, I have had numerous paranormal experiences. I've had near-death experiences. I was actually dead a couple of times and came back. And so my perspective on life is very open-minded in regards to our connection to source. Um, I have written articles for magazines. I have written articles um, for various different uh, organizations and so forth. And fortunately, uh, I'm in the process of becoming a published author in the near future. So that's basically the down low about me. Thank you, Richard. That was very good. Let me let Melinda. Melinda of New Jersey, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I would like to. My name is Melinda T. D'Amico, and I am a storyteller and gifted person that can see things before they happen, and I've been uh, gifted with that skill for over 30 years, my whole life, and uh, now I'm advising people on things that they, that come straight up to me, and I just tell them like it is, and um, some are easy to tell, some are not, but that's just reality of this gift and, you know, plethora uh, of life that you have. So I'm here Thank you. with Ms. Theresa J. Morris and Mr. Shane Flanagan. Very good. All right. Yes, I'm Teresa J. Morris of Gulf Breeze, Florida, USA, and uh, we're going to talk to Shane Flanagan of Canada, and I'm going to bring him on here to say hi to our co-host, 
But uh, then we'll get started on his story. But let me read you this real quick because we've got a story ourselves to tell with ACO Press Club here in America. But we have gone international, and uh, it's quite a big task after nine years on the radio to help authors and life coaches and practitioners. But we found someone that fits right in with our ACO Press Club. Shane Flanagan will join us from Canada. He's a former law enforcement officer. And he's uh, prior government, military, security, first responders, supports. He's a supporter of arts and sciences. I've even seen a little tattoo on his hand of Santa Claus, which if you can see his pictures here on Blog Talk Radio, you'll see he's got a white beard, so we'll ask him if he still has that. Now, I'm uh, learning about Shane, as you do. He's a friend of mine on LinkedIn as an entrepreneur author and he's an international author business and life coach and has a shamanic practitioner uh, i guess we'll find out if he does rituals or whatever but the uh, curious thing about his story is uh, we're going to learn is he's a 20-year survivor of ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder so as a life coach i'm sure he helps uh, many in that category that's related to debilitating anxieties all which he suffered from as a result of a violent traumatic incident that I'm sure we'll hear about that occurred. Uh, now, let me see here. Uh, his wife is, I, I hope I'm saying this right, but he can, I don't know if it's Mike, M- Michael Lynn or Michelle Lynn, but I'll ask him to help me in a moment with that. So uh, he speaks about personalities and his journey and his coping skills, which I'd like to know more about because he's going to share his dark shadow days. As you know, in our esoteric metaphysical world, we all talk about our shadow and uh, he calls it with the invisible journey. So maybe he has a twist on words that we're not accustomed to hearing, but this will be fun. And we all sound different. You can tell Richard's from California, but he has, speaks with his grandmother's Irish accent. And, uh, Melinda is from New Jersey, but she actually is from New York most of her life, so she has a Bronx accent. And I'm from the <laughs> South. I lived uh, all over the world, but the military put me in Kentucky after 20 years, and I married, so I have uh, developed around my family a Southern accent, although I went to University of Alabama, and my children were raised in Birmingham. But I am an author, and you guys know I've been here nine years, and I'm a psychic medium as well. And my girlfriends that do events with me are all about me starting to come out. So they wanted me to do more psychic medium life coaching work. So we're going to try this together. But uh, I don't know how long Melinda or Richard's going to be able to stay, but let's get Shane on here. This is going to be live and recorded, folks, for Shane Flanagan. Now, you're live and on the air and have the floor, Shane. I'd like you first just to talk for a moment, just to say hi to uh, Richard and Melinda. Uh, uh, I guess Richard first, get them off mute. Richard, do you want to say hi to Shane? Hi, Shane. How's it going? Hi, Richard. It's a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. Thank Are you, you very well much. This- you doing well this evening? Yes, I certainly am. It's a it's a beautiful hot August evening here in Canada, and uh, and I've had an excellent excellent day today. So it's it's really been uh, I've really been feeling at my best. 
That's fantastic. Wow. And Thank Melinda, you. would you like to say hi to get going with Shane so you guys can... Hi, Shane. How are you? Good evening, sir. Well, good evening, Melinda, and what a it's pleasure it is to, to talk to you. Thank you so, so much for having I me. I look forward to the chat and the learning more about you. Thank you very, very much. Okay. All right. Well, Shane, I've got your readout here, and uh, it looks like you, uh, you're going to have to tell us, if you don't mind, start with... Were you born in Niagara? I really like to do a little research here in the beginning of an interview to get uh, everybody get a good feel for you, uh, because we all weren't born in the same place, obviously, <laughs> from our accents. But I want to know right. if you were born there and your accent it will be more of a northeastern or Canadian. So tell us about where you were born and where you grew up and went to school, if you don't mind. Yes, no problem. And you can hear me okay? Yes, sir. Uh, Richard, let me ask Richard if I need to turn you up any. Richard, is I can he hear you. Phone? Okay. Can no, you hear me, Teresa? I'm yeah, hearing Shane and great. Melinda both very well. Okay, good. Good. Okay. All right. Then okay, we'll go forward. All right. That's great. Uh, yeah, no, certainly. Uh, I uh, was born and raised in what we like to call the Niagara region, where Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada is. And uh, I'm about 15 minutes I grew up outside of Niagara Falls in a little city called St. Catharines. But nobody knows where that is, so I just naturally tell them I'm from Niagara Falls. And, and of course, who doesn't know where that is? Uh, so they, everybody, oh, I know where that is. Okay. Um, so I, I grew up here, uh, and um, I moved away to another area of our province uh, for some time. And it was the first time I had went away from my my hometown and my wife Michelin, which I'm, I'm I gotta commend you, Teresa. You 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 said Michelin, and that's that's the correct way to say her name. Uh, not many people get that. Well, I said it two ways. I wasn't sure. But it's not spelled like Michelin Tire, but that's what probably in America we would think of as Michelin Tire, but it's smelled, spelled a little different. But, yeah, thank you. Is she with you today? Uh, she Well, she's mm-hmm. off looking after the kids. Yes, she is. She's in the house. But, oh. uh, but off looking after the, the kids today. And... Um, yeah, no, it was really, uh, it's really, I, I love the area that I'm in, uh, in Canada here, right right along the Niagara Falls, New York, Buffalo border uh, at, the, at the Peace Bridge. And um, so I enjoy crossing over the border and, and really enjoy your country of the United States of America. I love it. I love going there, um, and, and Canada, it rem- especially parts of Maine, where I've traveled to, and, and that really remind me of parts of, of Canada, eastern Canada. And uh, so I uh, went to school here uh, up until um, the grade 12 uh, in high school, and I didn't go any farther like I didn't move on to university, nor did I move on to college, because I grew up with a really strong learning disability 
which really they were just finding out about as I was a kid. They, they, they didn't even have a name. They were just developing a name for my learning disability, which is quite common today, and it's dyslexia. And so they couldn't find a name for it, but they knew there was something. I was struggling in school quite a bit, as I did right through to my grade 12 years. Um, and, uh, and, and so I was really left. You know, my dream, I remember saying to my mother is, hey, Mom, I want to be a police officer. And she said, well, Shane, that probably is never going to happen because it requires you to have a lot of mathematics and, and education behind you. So why don't you just look for something else that's easier? And I had my heart set on being a police officer. So although she tried to not hurt my feelings and tried to maybe make life a little easier on me, uh, I was determined. And I get that from my mother being so determined. <laughs> and, uh, and I was determined to educate myself through high school in law so that I could fulfill my dream. So that's basically it uh, as far as uh, where I grew up and, and how what growing up looked like for me. Okay. Well, you've gone on to be a well-known speaker around your area. I lived in Rochester, New York for a while. As a matter of fact, I saw my first UFO split and have little things come out of it up there. So I've always been interested in that area of the country. And Richard Dolan lived up there, a well-known historian and speaker. So Shades of Broken, uh, tell us a little about how you got to into this Shades of Broken with your website, and I've seen your photos of speaking. I haven't seen your uh, a YouTube. I don't know if you have a YouTube out there. Uh, yes, but, I do. Okay. Well, tell us about how you got all into this, I guess, life coaching and becoming a, a well-known speaker. Was it due to your PTSD or your injury with uh, law enforcement or what? before you got into well, the shamanic practitioner? I'll take us back to um, when I got on the police department, and, and I, I had envisioned a certain experience, and it was helping people. Being on the police department, I thought, was my way to serve. And yet, Really, what it became was racing from call to call to call from anything from a, uh, a cat in a tree to a domestic dispute. And there was always a pressure there that you had to clear that call and get on to the next as quickly as you could. And I really connected with people on that job. And I thought I could spend the time that I needed to help them. But again, the wheels, the wheels of the system wants you to produce and clear backlogs of, of calls to 911 or, or on the regular non-emergency number. So it really became like a hamster wheel. 
for me. And I had worked undercover drugs um, with our police department. Uh, uh, I had done numerous undercover operations as well as uniformed patrol where you were in a marked patrol car. And there came a time where I said, I want to be my own chief of police. In fact, I want to run my own show where I can take as much time as I like to help people. And with that, uh, we created Niagara's very first private law enforcement company. And so I took the idea of the public police and my experiences with them and brought that into a private for hire setting. And I trained all of my security officers in arrest powers. I had them trained professionally by the local police department and certified so they could go out and arrest where needed people who were on our properties doing things that weren't, they weren't supposed to be doing. We also had a canine unit, which I was a part of. And so the, the dog would come on patrol with me in my patrol car every night, and we would go and, and check the various properties that uh, we were tasked with and, and hired to do. And I did that for 10 years. Of, I did the public police for 10 years. I did the private sector work for 10 years. And it was getting to be about the nine and a half year mark. And my wife would say to me, why are you still going out on the street? You don't need to do that anymore. You can sit behind a desk and, and do the paperwork, but you really don't need to go out and make arrests anymore. And for me, that wasn't the fun sitting behind the desk. The fun was going out and being of service to my community by catching the bad guy. And I excelled at that. I would make two or three or four different arrests a night. And I was training. I was in a training role because, of course, I was the owner of the uh, company. And wouldn't you know it that uh, a new prodigy that we had just brought into the company to learn with me was out on patrol with me. And he was from the Canadian Armed Forces, fresh out of Iraq. And he was my trainer, my, my trainee. He was the one that I was set to train on his very first night. And so I did that. And that is when I came up against a situation that in 20 years of policing, I had only heard about. And that was somebody who was high on drugs, half your size, but with superhuman strength. And that was, we were told that in training, that these people existed out there. And how I dodged that bullet for as many years as I did, I don't know. But as I was training this new fella, we were sitting on one of our properties that we were protecting, and the two fellas entered into the property, 
And I said to the young fella, I said, this is going to be our first encounter, and it's going to be very easy. It's going to be very easy. I'm just going to show you what to do, and I'm going to, we're going to ask these people to leave the property. What erupted was the most violent fight of my life where I had to deploy my, my canine. And now in training, when you deployed the canine onto, the, onto a bite sleeve, the bad guy would give up. When I deployed my canine for the first time in, in 20 years, the guy didn't give up. In fact, the guy didn't even say, ow. The dog had him by his arm, and he lifted up his arm, this man did. He said, get this dog off me or I'll kill it. And the dog was 120 pounds. He lifted the dog straight in the air without even saying ow. And the truly traumatic part of that is that it was it was chaos and carnage and there was factors of trauma there that we were never trained for and that was all the blood what what the dog on the man looked like and how much devastation that can cause and so while I'm kind of in this dreamlike state, everything begins to slow down in the incident. And I call my dog back to me because he wasn't doing and restraining the guy. The guy couldn't be restrained. And I grabbed a hold of the guy in a bear hug, and he just tossed me around like I was, a, I was nothing. And I was 300 pounds. And he maybe weighed 150. And so my partner fresh out of the army, began to engage him in unarmed combat with no effect. Devastating, devastating techniques that were attempted to use, you know, that were used in a military to try to take down a man were not effective on this guy. He began to beat both of us up, and I deployed the dog a second time to no avail. Once that had no effect on the man. I, I pleaded with him, please just sit down. I'll call an ambulance for you because he was full of blood. And, and I'm not trying to trigger any of your listeners, but he was full of blood from the bite, the two bites. And he wasn't complaining, but I was trying to reason with him at that point. And he wanted to go, he tore his shirt off with his teeth and so he's bare-chested now, and he said, let's go again. Now, how scary is that? After all of that, he tore his shirt off, his T-shirt off, because it was a, a summer night. And he said, he tore his shirt in two with his teeth, and he said, let's go again. And I was exhausted. The kid I was training was exhausted. None of my tools were having any effect on him whatsoever. And in fact, when the police arrived to assist us, after we were kind of sent on our way and, and the man was taken to 
the hospital to get us the wounds tended to. Um, Everybody at the office when we went back said, what was it like? What was it like? And they were all high-fiving and that. And I wasn't doing that because all I felt I had done was hurt somebody. And I thought there had to be a better way than just going through that huge fight that I just went through with this guy. And so it took about three months before I started to exhibit signs of post-traumatic stress disorder. And I would lose my temper. I'm a very quiet, mild-mannered person, but I was a raging lunatic at times at home. And this was unusual for me. And this was the first signs of trouble. And as I let it go and we got into six months, I began to see people that weren't there. I began to hear people call my name that weren't there. I thought I ran over people with my patrol car in the middle of the night only to stop the car, quickly jump out and look underneath and no one was there. It was, it was, they were like ghosts, but I thought I'd actually hit them. And so that brings me home. And I would hear voices calling my name in the middle of the night when I arrived back home after my shift. And the voices got louder and louder, but there was no one there. None of my family was calling my name. They were all asleep still. My behavior became so erratic over that year after the incident that it was so out of character for me. And I finally went to the doctor. My wife begged me to. And I went to the doctor, and he, I, he said to me, tell me what has happened to you, and tell me what you're feeling. And when I told him, he said, you have classic, classic post-traumatic stress disorder. And that was the first time I had ever heard that label applied in a non-military sense. In fact, it was a time, just like with dyslexia, that post-traumatic stress disorder, at least here in Canada, was just kind of being believed. And the doctor said to me, I'll put you on a waiting list. It's going to be another year before you can see somebody for help. But I'll put you on a waiting list. Until that time, you should not be be engaged in the work of a law enforcement officer because it's going to do you more harm than it does you good mentally and so eventually I had to leave my chosen career from my own good health and what's interesting about that is is that my wife had asked me not just a few weeks earlier to get off the road why am I on the street why am I arresting people and I didn't heed her warning and so the way i believe is that the universe set a door to close behind me which was my dream what i thought was my dream career as a law enforcement officer it closed behind me 
And I didn't know who I was because all my life I've been in a uniform all my life that since I could begin working. I worked as a security guard, then I got into policing. I was always a un- wearing a uniform, and that uniform, I didn't know it, became my total identity. And I had lost that identity when I left, and I didn't know who I was. And because of that, I sat around on the couch suicidal, and my wife had to go work three jobs just to keep us afloat while I just sat on the couch in this kind of haze. And she said, we're drowning in debt. You have to, we have to get you to do something. And I said, I don't know what to do. And it is at that time, and you'll really appreciate this fact, it is at that time that my I had a good friend, and he said to me, he said, you know a really easy way to make money? And I said, I've lost my career. No, I don't. He said, become a clown, a children's clown. I said, what? And he said, yeah, just go and have a costume made and go and do birthday parties. And you can make money at doing that, and you'd be very good at doing that. And I thought, I, I have no idea. I, what twilight zone have I entered into where I've gone from law enforcement to it being suggested that I be a children's clown doing birthday parties? So I, I had the suit made. I, I, took, I, I bit on the hook. I had the suit made. And I started to do, do, I started to do children's birthday parties with no knowledge of clowning or how to do them. Everything I did because I didn't know how to do magic was funny, which a clown is supposed to be most times. My career took off to the degree that my wife actually got involved in it, kicking and screaming, because she works a full-time job on top of that. And we would spend our weekends traveling around the country doing clowning gigs for parties and corporations and you name it we did it so that was the very first introduction to spirituality that i had which was being a clown and a clown is one of the most spiritual characters in this existence because he he is a shapeshifter isn't he And so it kind of opened my mind to what was coming. It kind of opened my mind to what was to come. And and that is really where after six years of doing clowning, which I had no idea I would be doing for so long, after six years of doing clowning, um, I found myself... How can I say this? I found myself, it takes a lot of energy. When you're depressed and suicidal, it takes a lot of energy to be happy or to act happy, to put on a social mask. In this case, it was the mask of a clown, which literally hid my face. But I had to be happy and really in my head, 
I wanted to die. But yet people loved what I was doing. And after I got, I got, I started to get tired after six years. It takes a lot of energy. And somebody said, well, can you do Santa Claus? And I said, sure I can. So I grew my beard in and I donned the Santa Claus role. And I let the clowning part of my business go. go. I let it slide. And I focused on doing Santa year, you know, at Christmas time and in the summertime, Christmas in July. And I found a role that I could be kind to people. And I found that I was attracting and being invited to engage more with adults than I was children. Adults would come up to me crying and asking me to heal them and asking me to say hi to their their loved ones in heaven. And what an awesome responsibility. I had no idea what an awesome responsibility being a, a professional Santa Claus was. But I, I got a little bit more joy out of it. Not a lot, but a little bit. It was an awesome responsibility. And I still wasn't really well with the post-traumatic stress disorder. So I kept Santa because it was only six weeks. But each year that went by, I would find it harder and harder and harder and I would become anxiety-ridden putting on the costume to go out to do the, the Santa work that I was hired to do. Uh-uh. And so it, I, I found that I found that uh, very interesting. So I'm still dealing with the mental side of it. Um, I do uh, by this time. Um, my doctor had called me and said, "We found you a psychiatrist." And I paid out of pocket to go to a private trauma specialist during this whole time while all of this was going on. So I'm in, I'm in cutting-edge post-traumatic stress disorder therapy. I'm a clown. I'm a Santa Claus. It's all working very well. The, the psychiatrist is, is loading me up with medications that make me feel more balanced and more less sad, let's put it that way, less sad, not completely eliminating it. And so the same friend that recommended years earlier there that I become a clown then said to me, there's a shaman teacher in the wilderness in Ontario that you should go to and study ancient indigenous healing ways with. And I thought, wow, my friend has really got some great ideas, but we've never talked about this kind of stuff. So he sent me the, he sent me the ad that he had read in an article that he had read on this shaman in the, in the wilderness. And I contacted her and spent the next two years studying with her in, in the bush. 
because I really needed to get better as fast as I could. And she taught me the indigenous ways. Shamanism is the teaching of the indigenous ways. Um, a, a shaman would be the witch doctor or the medicine man of a tribe. And in every culture, there are shamans. And so the one I would study with, would, we would learn to work with plant medicines and learn to do rituals. I remember, uh, Teresa, you mentioned rituals earlier. Yes, definitely. There were plenty of rituals to learn and different rituals for different things that were going on in your life and, and moon phases and so forth. And it was, it was actually an education that I could have never imagined. And it helped me so, so much. It expanded my mind from a very black and white law enforcement officer thinking from a very a very narrow scope of thinking that we had which was just to quote and arrest bad guys to hey there are good people in the world there are good people in the world and um, and and I can help them through shamanism and so my I went back home after a couple of years of back and forth, uh, living with the shaman and then coming back home to my family um, and then spending a month here and then going back out to the shaman. Um, over, the, over that period of time, I, I learned to work with spirit. And this was the first time I had ever learned about working with spirit elements and spiritual things and the language and what it meant. But I'll tell you, it felt pretty darn good because it gave me a creativity release that really helped take the feelings of depression and anxiety and and really subdue them. It didn't eliminate them, but it subdued them. It made them less. And that worked for a while. And... I'm working still with the doctors, the shaman, the psychiatrist now. All I've got a medical health team that's in place from from the best of the best and to the most unique, that being the shaman. And I thought I had a pretty well-rounded way of looking at things. And when I finished my studies with the shaman, I will tell you that I left they're greatly enriched and the therapy that I was going through this cutting-edge PTSD therapy that I was going through uh, that I was paying out of pocket for it seemed to be working as well except that with this cutting-edge therapy it required me to go back to my childhood and work my way forward through life in a therapy session. And I did that. And when it was over, she said, congratulations, you're cured. It's been nice meeting you. And I left. And I was good for a few years until one day I woke up and something had went wrong 
in within me. Something had broken, I felt. That's the only words I can use. Something had broken inside of me. And I went back to the therapist and I said, I'm feeling just like I did when I first got post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm feeling that sick. And I haven't felt that sick in 20 years. And she said, well, there's some new cutting-edge therapies. I'd like to try one with you. But it requires us to go back to you being a child. And I thought, well, we've just been through that. I can't go back. And in fact, with each session I did with her, I became nauseous because it was like reliving a hell all over again from a child where I had sexual assault issues and I had bullying issues and, and, and you know, then into my identity as the law enforcement officer and that mask that I wore and the clown and Santa Claus. And I, I, I just felt that I couldn't do it. I couldn't start again. And within a very few days of that mindset that I can't go, of me saying to myself that I can't go through that again, I had a good friend that called me up 20 years after meeting her. And she, we, we got to talk, and we hadn't talked in, in, in 20 years. And she was living about three hours from me, and she was a life coach. And she called herself a transformative life coach. And she said, I'd like to have you as my client, and I want to show you something that I think may help you. I said, listen, I feel very, very sick right now. I said, I'll do anything. I said, anything than to have to go back in, in the past and relive my life in a, in, a, in a therapist's office, anything. In four sessions, four sessions, one-hour sessions, she totally alleviated my PTSD symptoms. Totally alleviated my PTSD symptoms. And she took a chance on me and it totally changed my life. And it was from that experience that I said, this is what I found that I love. This is what I want to do and this is how I can help people the way she has helped me with, with this transformative life coaching that she did. And so gradually our, I let go of that 20-year therapist that I had worked with for so long that had wanted me to go back in time. I just said to her, I need a break. And she, she said, that's okay. Take, take a break. No problem. And I engaged with my friend instead, uh, who showed me the most peaceful way to live that I can ever say that I've ever found, and to live life in a very freeing way. And so 
as I'm learning this with my life coach, my wife and I are at dinner one night, and she says, we really are a shade of all of us. All of us are a shade of broken. And I said, wow, that is really great. And so it was my wife who came up with the name of my, my life coaching firm, Shades of Broken. And that's how that was born. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You're an excellent speaker. I was just, it was, I don't know. You just took me to a place where all I wanted to do is listen. So you're an Thank excellent you. speaker, Shane. Now Thank I'd you like very to, much. Uh, Rich, <laughs> you bet. It's a great story. But let me let Richard and Melinda ask questions. Uh, you, you, you know people are all uniquely different. No two of us are alike. And I'd like them to just feel like they can get to know you as everybody out there that are listening around the world. And uh, maybe they've got a question or two that somebody out there would like to know. But Melinda, do you want to go first? I know you, you probably need to go in another 15 minutes or so to help your uh-huh. husband. But, yeah, you're on. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. You want to ask? Would you like to ask Shane a question of, about himself or his business? That I was really, really an interesting um, lead into the conversation of himself and sharing a lot about what made him come to fruition as what he is passionate about in life today. That was a wonderful story. Um, uh, Thank you. How did she get the name Shades of Broken? How did well, they come to that part, you know? Um, well, like I say, my wife and I were at dinner, mm-hmm. and we, we, we love to get into these deep discussions about life and humanity and how it all functions. And so we're having, we're having such a discussion at, at, at this restaurant. And I said, you know, everybody, like our parents, for instance, we viewed them as these great gods of knowledge, and yet really they were just broken people, same as us. And that's when my wife said, it's, it's, we're all a shade of broken in our own way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean that we're going to be that way all our life, but it means that at, at some point in your life, you're a different, you're a shade of broken. You're a different shade of broken. And... And then you work on yourself, whether that be internally or, or however you do that, to heal up that part of you that's broken. So that's where that name came from, Shades of Broken. I think it gives everybody an opportunity, regard, and I didn't want to limit my help from anyone. I wanted to serve humanity and, let that, and, and give them the chance that my life coach gave me. Mm-hmm. And so shade, the Shades of Broken gives everybody a chance and doesn't exclude anybody. Anyone, okay, and, yeah, that's, that's a good uh, way of explaining it. That's a wonderful, uh, interesting uh, explanation there. Um, thank you. What do you consider your 
um, your strategy or format of um, transitioning people's lives or helping them? Uh, it, it is based. It is based on uh, three. Uh, basically, on a, it is based on the principle that you are seeing everything that you are you are you are living and seeing. You're seeing from the outside in. Okay. When in reality, we're projecting a movie from the inside out. And we okay. believe yeah. what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. We believe what we're seeing because the movie is full of ego. The movie can be full of uh, different um, messages that we've been shaped at, with as we grew up. It can be shaped with how we were raised. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is... It is a movie that we play, um, I, I, I like to say that when we're first born, we're a clean slate. We have an artist's canvas that is clear. Mm-hmm. And I teach people that they kind of got away from that for a while. But once we're put on our mother's chest as babies, we will never really know until later in life when we decide we want to find out who we were to be. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. 100%. And so yes. I, I teach people to come home to themselves, mm-hmm. to come home to their heart. And, you know, I, I had, I, I, I had a, a client that said to me, I have to Google on the computer, uh, something you, you know, how to respond to this situation or that situation. I said, you don't need to do that anymore. The Google is right inside of you. Everything you ever wanted to know about Mm -hmm. life and you is within you. You've Mm -hmm. You've just lost your connection with that because you were raised by people with limited maybe skill or not, but they've shaped you in such a way, influenced your, the way you're acting and thinking in your adult life, that many people that come to see me to, to come and live my lifestyle. I teach people to live my lifestyle, which is a lifestyle of peace, tranquility, and living in the moment while knowing that everything and every answer you ever needed is inside of you. And the universe will bring to bear if you want to do something with your life and you have a, you know, you have a way that you want to go in your life. Um, all you have to do is co-create that experience with the universe. And your life, every moment, can be pressure-free. It can be uh, worry-free. And there are times that you'll forget when you're first learning and you'll fall back into what I like to call a thought storm. And that's a storm of your thinking. And 
So I teach people not to pay attention to their thinking as much as to how they feel in their heart. And I had a shaman once say to me from Greenland, he said, the longest distance is from your head to your heart. And so that's what I teach people how to get to that place. Richard, would you like to ask Shane a couple of questions here too to help this uh, live and recorded so we can use this for Shane and others, uh, shaman, life coaches, practitioners, all of the above. And all three of us were prior security, uh, Shane, Melinda, Richard, and me. We've all worn uniforms. Oh. And, and security work, so that's pretty curious. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. Richard is more of my metaphysician uh, right now, and and Melinda does psychic uh, healing and health work for a company now out of her home. And I sit here and do radio websites and videos, and I do still take on clients, uh, not so much during COVID-19, but you know, I'm, I've written a lot of books about that. But let me let Richard uh, share with you and uh, add to this wonderful time for us. Richard? Yes. Shane, what a wonderful story and what a heck of a life's journey. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> it was very captivating listening to you. Uh, Thank you. So I would I would ask, I mean, it's interesting the conclusions that you've come to because, of course, uh, the manner in which you're going to teach others is, is very familiar to some and not so familiar to others. But how you arrive yeah. there is, is very unusual and unique in and of itself. Um, what tradition, if I might ask, was the shaman in the woods, or did they pronounce a, predi- a tradition particularly? Um, they, yes, they, they uh, said that it was from, um, I'm just, let me look here. Now that you've, you've, you've asked me that question, I went blank. Uh, let me just uh, look here real quick. And there's a, there's a specific name for uh, the type of shamanism that I study. And, and uh, so let me, um, core shamanism is the name, core shamanism. And so it, what it does, uh, Richard, is that it takes uh, little bits from every part of the world, from every shamanic study and shaman in every part of the world, and we're able to... Um, incorporate their rituals or or their traditions into our core shamanism so that we get a wide variety of healing tools and modalities from different areas of the world so that we can be ready to to help people from different parts of the world. That's fantastic. And, of course, that's that's a a large body of knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And and I'll tell you, I'm I'm not much of a uh, yeah, I know you don't know me uh you know uh, uh, on a real personal level, 
but uh, I'm I'm probably the farthest person from an outdoorsman that you can get. <laughs> and so it was a really interesting and intimidating way to to learn to heal because I was both fearful because of the unknown of the experience of shamanism when I first started out and I had no spirit experience I had no no universal uh, contacts that I was aware of in my policing days so the closest thing I could understand as I learned about this was that you know this there was some healing here this is and and it was going to help me in some form or fashion and then as I grew to know more about shamanism uh, it, it was just it, it's a field of study that is fantastic and and is used around the world for healing in so many different ways there's no one correct way which I love Let's see. Uh, Another question, I guess, could be, um, so you've been healing others through um, the realization and discovery that was shared with you by a life coach. And how long have you been doing this yourself personally? Uh, For a year now. I I have been doing it. Now, I did spiritual uh, coaching, if you will, spiritual work, spiritual counseling for people, but it was nothing like what I do now. Um, it Certainly what I do now has a spiritual, a very spiritual, mystical component to it. And does it have many features of shamanism? Absolutely. So I've been... I've been helping people in this particular way as a life coach uh, for a year now, and um, and I'm just beginning to write a series of of books on the experience of healing yourself and being able to heal yourself, so that people don't have to wait in line like I did way back when. When, when I first was diagnosed and I was told help was a year away unless you wanted to pay out of pocket for it, um, I, I wanted to create a series of books that people could have right now in their hands and on various topics, maybe suicide, maybe depression, maybe PTSD, uh, this type of thing that they could reach onto the bookshelf for and and, and do one topic per book based on what I teach now and all of my years of experience. And we're just embarking on that, myself and and my uh, co-author, B.L. White. We're just embarking on on writing these books now. Um, And uh, our first one is set to be published next week, as a matter of fact. And it's, wow. called, it's called it's called energy at the table, and it's a, it's going to be a great uh, a, a great delving 
into the spiritual side of, of what became of me. And, uh, and then we will go on from there to do topic after topic um, and in a very conversational, easy to read and understand way. Well, people are waiting in line for help. They can grab a book from somebody who has been there and lived the experience. That's fantastic. Thank and you. And of course, thank you. Another interesting synchronicity is, is of course, Teresa has always pledged herself to help others. I have done likewise, and Melinda has done likewise as well. And yes, there yeah. are um, coincidental backgrounds as mm-hmm. far as life experience is concerned. You know, with security, with uh, working mm-hmm. in a law enforcement capacity in teaching others, uh, whether it be topics in a classroom or whether it be uh, helping others gain insight from your own personal experience. So you could say counseling has always been a role there. Um, And then, of course, you bring in the mystical side and the psychic side and the sensitivities. Um, Again, there's a great commonality between us all in that regards because more or less... You could say in a nutshell that your life as a whole has been on a continual path of self-discovery so that in turn you would in turn learn how it is to turn inward so that you would recognize that you were looking at yourself and planning things for yourself from outside of yourself instead of Mm -hmm. inside of yourself, even though that sounds like double talk, I'm sure. (laughs) No, it makes a lot of sense. It does make make a lot lot of of sense. sense. It makes a yeah, lot of but, sense. It, but, but everything is, you say, um, Richard, is accurate. Uh, and everything you've said, uh, uh, Shane, spot on. Um, the dynamic and the explanation that you were able to bring to the surface is phenomenal. It's you know everybody has different ways of explaining, but yours were very. Um, emotional and poignant and, and um, colorful in the sense that you fed emotions and feelings while you were explaining, the, taking us through the journey. And I, I'm so grateful to have uh, witnessed that with you this evening. Well, thank you very, very much. I, I, you know, I will say that, uh, and, and I know, do you, if you have to go, did I hear you had to leave um, at any no, point? I'm, no, I'm good, I'm good. You're Okay, all right. Um, one one thing I learned, and I think, thank you for your kind words and, and thoughts. I, I, I am so honored Absolutely. that you would say that. Um, one of the, the most interesting things uh, I've learned on this journey is that we get wrapped, our, for the average person, and and I see this in the military as well now. I'm as I because I'm seeing it through new glasses. You know, I'm seeing people through new mm-hmm. a new set of lenses. And and so what I see with people in the military, people in policing, people in security, is we take on and take off that uniform so often and live that life, that life of right, righteous living in conjunction with societal norms, you know, you, you really fall into that brainwashing. And so that the uniform that you wear, and, and what I learned is, and, and this is truly for me a, a, 
for myself, and I'm, I, I'm just speaking for me, a great insight. You see, what was so uncontrollable for me as a child, in, a, in the law enforcement profession or in the security profession, who's in control of the situation that you come across? Most times it's you because you're the uniform that shows up to the, 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 the scenes. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't see was the unhealthy side of it is that we become, or at least I became, my uniform. And when that uniform was, was uh, when I finally had to take it off because I couldn't go back to that job because of the PTSD, I realized only then what I had done and I had blended two totally different things and made, made it one thing and it wasn't a healthy thing. I became the uniform, the uniform became me, the lifestyle became me, uh, there was no healthy outlets. You know, it, it, we've heard this type of talk and this type of expression. Um, but so I, I, I also teach corporate CEOs don't fall into that uniform role where if your business goes bankrupt tomorrow, you will lose yourself along with your business. You have to remain your own person operating a business if you're the CEO. And if you're a person that's just going to work, then you're a person just going to work and you do a job, but that job does not have to become your uniform because life changes as, as we all know that are, that are on this call. Life changes. Never say never. I always tell people, never say never. You think you're in a, something that you're going to be in for your lifetime, and maybe you will, but there's a lot of people changing jobs in midstream of life to do what they really wanted to do in life, not what they were forced to do to make money. That's very true. We never let our careers or our jobs define who we are. We are totally separate from that energy, and you're right, because food, clothing, and shelter is so important, especially with the way the economy is now. So at this time, life coaches can offer a lot of support to people if they know they're out there. So one of our jobs is to make sure that people can find life coaches and our authors. I have an independent publishing company, and I like to help people get their books out there. But, Jane, you have that special uh, gift, I think, uh, is there's a pleasingness about your voice. And uh, have you never done radio prior, or do you do radio shows? I didn't ever ask I, you I, that. I, that's a great question. Uh, I, I did do radio for a very short period of time, um, and, uh, and then we, COVID hit, and the state, our local station had to be shut down, and I had just kind of been into it for the first three months. It, on, I had my own weekly radio program, and I've been on many radio and television TV shows 
over the course of my healing talking about what we're talking about today without the life coach portion of it because this is the first interview I will say that you know I've really uh, had an in-depth interview in the year that I've been a life coach and um, so I, I really appreciate your, your your kind words about about me and but i really have to say that um it it is you know i had i had somebody in in the grocery store the other day uh the lady that was checking at checkout and she was checking me out all my groceries and she said you know you have the loveliest energy and i said well thank you i appreciate you saying that but it's it's not really mine it is and it isn't it's the universe it's it's that light that comes from the universe that you're seeing shine through me. So it's not necessarily me. I, I won't take that credit. I, I give that to the forces that are beyond me that are in a, of a universal nature that are co-creating life, my life and, and my clients' lives with me. So it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's really, you know, I've never been happier. And one thing I said to my life coach is that she, like, she was the first one to introduce me to the concept of labeling. And so as soon as I was labeled with having post-traumatic stress disorder, I fell into that label. So I went from one uniform to a mental uniform. And I, 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 I wrapped my arms around the label. I held on to it because it was my life raft, not because it was helping me. And so since beginning with my life coach a little over a year ago, I look at it that now now it is is the time for for me to understand what is really you know, going on for me what how I I take what I like to say one minute for myself every day to say how can I how can I be of service to me first and be then of better service through being of service to myself and, and really taking that time to do a lot of self-care, which I do, which, which creates the happiness. And, and people then feel taken care of around me because I'm taking care of myself first. And a lot of folks I find that I work with put themselves absolutely last. Therefore, that's important for you to say. It is important. Yeah. Yeah. They put. They make them. You know, we have a lot of caregivers listening. We have a lot of caregivers that are listening. They're uh, not just practitioners and educators, but over nine years, I've built up a huge following of people in the medical business. My daughter died of cancer, and I met a lot of people 
in the uh, integrative medicine positions that helped with music and uh, art and came to the cancer hospital in Tampa, Moffitt Cancer Center. So it really changed me being with her and my husband before that or being around death and dying. But I wanted to do a life coach, so I wrote a book called Ace Guide uh, by T.J. Morris, but it's only $10. But it's about all the life coaching differences, you know, from coaching like people thought of a sports coach when – I said, well, I'm a life coach. It sounds better than a psychic medium, but <laughs> I'm a psychic medium. My friends are psychic. <laughs> so I do all of it, but, uh, you know, I like life coach a lot better. But, you know, caregivers are some of the most giving, and that's why I guess that uh, made me want to talk about it is you're mentioning about yourself first and we always say you know in a a jet plane which I don't know why that seems to stick with my caregivers and and life coaches is you in a a plane that you know is losing altitude and you know it's going to crash they'll always tell you to put your mask on then you can put it on your child which you think you can always put your children or your relatives first but without your body and without your oxygen, and we see that, and we have to remind them to breathe, which you hear a lot of people in, you know, life coaching and shamanism and metaphysics and caregiving to breathe and, you know, just take a breath. And we'll ask you to take three breaths and, you know, to let your energy and anxiety release sometimes. And right now we really do want to appreciate, Shane, all the people that are giving as caregivers, the doctors and the nurses and the first responders and those in the ER and all the people helping our, you know, sick and needy. Uh, Can you address that without saying the C word? We're talking about the pandemic, folks, but we don't want to, you know, really buy into the negative. But can you give some caressing words, Shane, in your life coaching to all our people out there that are helping other people? you know, to uh make them know that we are they're in our prayers and our thoughts. You said it you said it, Teresa. That's one question I was gonna ask him. Yeah, no, absolutely I can. Absolutely. Um I, I in this case, in this particular question, uh I'm I'm going to tell you something that I learned from a great, great man and I I use it every day. And anybody can use what I'm about to tell you as a caregiver every single day. And that is to, at some point in your day, take 10 seconds. And Fred Rogers was the great man I'm talking about, the great Mr. Rogers. And he, I saw him speaking in front of a group of students on uh, on a video I was watching and he did what I'm going to tell you now and I fell in love with the concept as I'm sure you will as well and and that is to take 10 seconds 10 seconds to quietly close your eyes and remember all those people 
in your life who have helped you, who have been able to lift you off bended knee, and who you've been able to lean on during tough times. Let's take 10 seconds to remember those people, those helpers, because one thing Fred Rogers' mother used to tell him, he told this story, was when you're in trouble, look for the helpers. And so let's take that 10 seconds right now. I'll watch the time, keep our eyes closed, and give thanks and remember whether they're here or whether they've passed to all the people who have helped us so that we can help others. Let's do that right now. I'll let you know when the 10 seconds is over. And how, how thankful, really, do you believe that the people that you've thought of are, that you've thought of them, that you've acknowledged what they did for you and acknowledged that they existed in your life? My wife was my caregiver. Yeah, your, your wife? My, my wife was my yeah, care, has been my caregiver has been my caregiver for uh, for for a long time with my post traumatic stress and 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 I've seen the hardships that she's been through and I've seen other caregivers under the mountain of sometimes pressure that it can get to be sometimes on your bad days but. Every day, if you take that 10 seconds and give thanks to those people who helped you, it will make your job and your, your efforts all the more rewarding to the person that you are being a caregiver for. Just those memories, you're right. And I think of all the people that are on the other side, but they still give me strength personally to be here because I wonder why I'm still here when my parents are gone and my two brothers are gone and my child is gone, but I'm still here and I miss my husbands, all of them. (laughs) Yes. I seem to be living through a lot of people that have been with me very close to me. And yet as a widow now and having seen all these caregivers come through my life I'm absolutely amazed at how those of us that are still here mm-hmm. are still going so I have to be I believe in a divine plan in all the higher levels and not to mention I've died a couple of times maybe three that I, I can speak on but mm-hmm. I believe it's part of coming back and being here in this body in this vehicle to help others yeah yeah it's important. Absolutely. I I believe certainly that I was here already because I've gone places before and I'm not a traveler like just get up and go on the plane everywhere and I go somewhere and I'm like, there's no way I could have been here, but I felt like I was here already. This is not yeah. the first time I was here. And that's, it's yeah. a phenomenal thing. And just to add to that... Um, some time ago, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I was just younger. And um, I came up from a Christian 
Baptist way of life church and you know but I like the Catholic church for whatever reason I kind of that just was my thing I love listening to the hymns and the words and just something it does something for me when I hear it and someone said to me um are you a shaman and I said a shaman no I'm not a shaman he says, are you one? I says, no. Would you like to be one? I said, I am not, I'm open to learning about it and, you know, whatever it takes to become one. And he said, I'm going to tell you from my practice and where I stand, I think he has 50 years or whatever. He said, my vibration was more powerful than his when he started. So it's like something that, like, you have the, you know, it's an innate quality that's there within you. It's either for you to activate it or make it happen. And I found that interesting. And I'm going to tell you, as a child growing up, I always see a lot of sorrow, a lot of pain, and people in crying and desperation and need and wanting to be healed. And I know someone like that right now as we speak and in general. And when he said that to me, I said, I'm very open to it. I would learn it. And he said, oh, you, you're natural. You're, you will be a natural if you put your head to it. You're not like other people. You have to, like, teach that, too. It's, it's something yeah. like you have, you know. So I was listening to what you're sharing, and how does that is so pronounced when someone feels your energy like, can you feel that through me talking to you here, or do you have oh, to be absolutely. in person? No, absolutely. I can feel it uh, through, so through it, he was talking right? with you. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Oh, wow. Um, they, the only way, uh, one of the only ways to become a shaman is to be mm-hmm. called one by somebody or by another shaman. And oh. so... You, oh, I'm a shaman. <laughs> you're a shaman, absolutely. I've I had a gentleman tell me I was a natural shaman, but he gave me a book to take care of as a shaman, but he showed me an entrance into trees when we were back in the 70s. So that was when, uh, oh, they were writing chicken soup for the uh, soul. Is that? For the soul, yeah. 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 Yeah, if you remember those books. But so uh that's an interesting way. So go on with your exhortation there about yes. shamanism yeah. and a shaman and uh I just was shocked because I said, Well, I've never really called myself a shaman or shaman but I And have, then have you know what happened for me to learn that it's so true. I met another woman in the metaphysics world and she said to me can I ask you a question? I said, sure, anything. Go right ahead. She says, are you a shaman? I was like, no, I'm not a shaman. <laughs> and, and that was last year. And she's like, would you wow. like to be, would you like to learn how to activate the skill that you possess? I said, by all means, I would love to do it if I can help people. Yes, I would. Yes. So it's interesting, you know. I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead, no, uh, Shane. She, she, I mean, you, you see that calling is calling to you, and, and, and you have been called a shaman. 
by a shaman. Uh, and yes. that is that is like the highest, you know, if I if I wasn't a shaman, uh, and I I call I said to me you are a shaman to me you would be a shaman. Said, but somebody else you can't label yourself it somebody else has to. And when you hear somebody say, yeah say that you are yes I believe that you are you can then they see something in you that is very special. Yes. As a and you, that was the first a, time where of, of like two or three times talking to her and she was like. You, 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 I've never met it. I've never spoken to anybody, but whatever you have, it's powerful. You are, you are a strong person. You'll be able to heal people. You can. I was like, wow. I've always felt like I could. Like, I feel yes. like I have the gift, too. And yes. it's just really, it's amazing. It, it really is. And, and it's, what's interesting to me right now in talking to you is that you've lost your accent and you you are coming through with a clarity without your accent that you had at the beginning of the show and i'm hearing you lose and it's almost like you're 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 changing your speech patterns or or something of that nature (laughs) Um, it's really interesting actually as i'm listening to you uh you know all the voices that i hear within you that Mm -hmm. are spirit voices yeah like i said when i spoke to you earlier i have my parents are both from the caribbean uh, regions of the world, two different countries, and but I was born in the U.S., born and raised and everything. So, right. like if I were talking to them or somebody in their neck of the world, I would slouch off and sound a lot different, and you probably would be able to understand me because you're American. I mean, uh, Canadian. You know, we're we're from Canada, and having that right. lingo, and then the American, so probably would be a little bit confusing. Um, <laughs> but people, they they always humor it when they hear me talk because, like, when I start talking about family, you know, and my voice change, it does change. I don't know how to explain it, but it does. So that is very yeah. true that you picked up picked that up. But the whole thing about the language is interesting. And the whole shaman hole deal, I think it's a really uh, powerful situation. And if you're young enough and wise enough to learn it and can do it for humanity, you're one ahead, a step ahead of game, you know. You can do a lot for people. Absolutely. And the beauty beauty of including uh, the different aspects, I will bring in different aspects of, of, of shamanism into into my my life coaching uh, way of life in in, in teaching the, my clients and it's as I look into their faces their new faces I see myself in them for the first time being that new person in something they that a fish out of water so to speak uh, you know you and and so, for instance, I, you, you always, at least here in Canada, and I'm not sure how it is in the United States, but everybody's always fighting cancer and fighting um, this uh, and fighting PTSD and fighting. And I always tell people, you know, no matter what it is that ails you, if you fight it, 
it's going to fight back. And what I learned in the shamanism training is that everything is alive. Everything is alive. Disease is alive. Uh, And so as shaman, we work with disease. Whether you want to put it as one word, disease, or dis-ease, um, we, can, we can work with that energy, that alive energy of that, of that, that illness or that situation that has, a, has an alive energy to it because everything has a, an alive energy to it. We can work with it as opposed to using a language of fighting to win against it. Because fight begets fight. And so I, I, I really ask people to, whatever it is, whether it's a backache or it's a headache or, or something worse, uh, don't, don't do things to fight against it. Work with it. Understand. Ask it to, to leave you. Say, you know, I understand you, so you're serving a purpose to teach me something, but at this time, I feel that you've served your purpose in my body, and I'd like you to, to leave now, for now. And we'll come together again at a future point. So it's an agreement with what ails you. And as shaman, we work to heal people in that way. And so people have to be uh, taught how, how not to fight everything. Don't use that word, fight, I'm going to fight. Because you're, you're actually stating the obvious. Yeah, we know you're, you're doing your very best. We understand that, but we don't have to. What you say out loud can be heard in other realms. And I really believe that. Ooh, so if you say you want to fight well. something... If you say you want to fight something, it's going to come. It's going to stand up to you and say, "Okay, let's fight." Yeah. So that that is um, that is a philo- one of the philosophies that I live by. And. To know that every morning now that I get up with this new paradigm shift, and of course, you know, we're, 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 we're just coming out of a, what, I, what I consider a very interesting, we're coming into a very interesting time. We're coming out of an old paradigm and into a new one. And the... The word on the spiritual street, as they as they say, is love is love is the word and caring is the action. And I love people. And I remember one of my other men, uh, life coach mentors saying, "You can use all the pretty words that you want when you're in this helping business, but you've got to truly love people first before you can help them." And, and he said, because if, you, if, you, if you're just using the pretty words and you really don't like people and you really don't like working with people, you can do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And so 
I love people. I truly love people first, and then I want to help them. And that is only after making sure I'm okay first, and I'm in a space that I can show up to you. I can show up to whatever you, you give to me. I can show up and be, be impactful and leave an impact on you. No matter where you are, I can meet you on your level. We don't usually have dead air space, but it seems to be prominent on today's call, which I'm wondering about that, because Richard and I have the gift of gab, and I'm I'm thinking that maybe uh, Melinda does too. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. It's the beauty. You've touched upon lots of valid points, you know. I mean, first Thank off, you. you know, a shaman is a keeper of knowledge, a, a waste, yes. a waste, a, a waysayer, or a way place. You could almost say of a yes. tradition that is being shared. Yes. Okay, so, yes. so yes, it's not just a matter of being called a shaman; it's being recognized within yourself that you oh. already are. Yes, absolutely. Um, and when and that lady course, told me that, you're absolutely 100% spot on with that. Um, you're right with that because when she said it to me, she said, uh, "You are one." I said, "I am one." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." How come I never knew this before? She goes, "No, you have the gift. I'm reading you like right now. You have it. I can't tell you that it's off. The light is on." So it's only up to you to when you'd want to be able to either go to a, find someone and they can teach you, activate your skill and passion and so forth and whatever. It's true. Yeah, I do agree with that. Well, as Shane had mentioned earlier, you know, we all hoard the answers to anything we want to know within ourselves. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Of course, you know, before you can grant the love of all beingness, in a manner of speaking, to someone else, mm-hmm. you have to possess that love of all beingness within yourself. Yes. So, again, yes. it all starts with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. once we 100%. have gotten to a point that, you know, we are at that loving self because we have resolved within ourselves all that we need to resolve, then in turn we can willingly aid others, whatever capacity it happens to be, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. whether it be through exercise, whether it be through mental thought, whether it be through the sharing of emotion, whether it be through nothing more than a listening ear or the giving of energy and an energy exchange, because in reality, we are all reflections of each other. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that 100% with of all my being and you know it, it is um, for all the, the people that are listening to the program this evening for all the people at different various skill levels maybe we have some people that are just beginning maybe we have some people that have been at it for, for most of their life 
the healing work. And that's, that, is, that is wonderful if you've been at it all your life. Um, one, of the, one of the things I see with new folks, and it was the same for myself, is that I didn't take care of myself at first when I was learning the shamanism. Uh-huh. I went right out and started, I'm going to help. No one had told me to take care of myself first. Well, see, that's I, part I, of the reasoning why I rather to listen to someone school me and teach me the way because I was told just like anything else, if you're a, a higher example of something, you still have to take care of yourself. Yeah. No one can do that for you. Yeah. It's just I, yeah. designed that way, you know. So, okay, maybe I can read people, I can do this, I can do that, help them in that way. But do I have to do something for myself? Yes, I do. I have to take care of myself. Yes. Before I can help someone else. Because I'm absolutely a doctor or a helper in another way in life of terms. Yes. If I can result someone relief, whether it's pain or suffering or whatever, tell them something to enhance their life, that means I can help them, so I need to help myself before I put myself in that situation of harm's way. You have to protect yourself, you know, with the energy, the force, and like the forces with you, the same thing. I I, I found that when I first went out and I didn't look after myself first, it didn't take long before I experienced burnout, caregiver burnout. But my caregiving... My caregiving was 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 with was, was not my own family, but with I was you know I I was helping people happily with my new shamanic skills, right. and I didn't look after myself first, and I burnt out after about a year. I burnt out from not from shamanism or that work. I burnt out because I had saved no reserves for myself. And so when I learned about the one minute every, take one minute every day, if not several times a day for yourself, to ask yourself what you can do for self-care to make you better, to do what makes you feel good, uh, everything changed. I was able to re-enter and help people without using my own energies and exhausting myself to the point of sickness. And so that, that, that is a really important point I, want, I wanted to get across, as I'm sure you guys talk about in your program all the time, uh, is, is to really, you know, it's, it's great to say that you help people, but you can't do that if there's nothing left of you to, to give. Exactly. Yes, that's so true. Well, we've got 20 minutes here, and I know there's plenty of people on my board tuning in. I wish I trusted myself enough. I pushed the button, but they couldn't hear me, so I guess that part of my board's <laughs> not working. <laughs> but uh, I, I really yeah. appreciate those that are with us, folks that are calling in and wanting to be here now, and they may or may not have a question for you, but 
I've had some questionable people on yesterday that could be tuning in just to see if I'll bite. I don't know, but I told Richard I wouldn't bring anybody on. We don't know because I didn't want yeah. to ruin our program. So that's why you're not able to be a part of the show today. But if you'd like to in the future, you can uh, join our club, and we'll be more than happy to uh, vet you and your company or your business or your future self. But uh, we're only at the 20-minute level before the show ends. So, uh, Shane, go ahead and tell people how they can contact you the easiest way. Are you in social media, Facebook or Twitter? I know you're on LinkedIn because that's how I met you. But go ahead and do a little (laughs) promo for yourself, if you don't mind, because before people get too close to the end and let people know how to uh, contact you. Thank you so, so much for that opportunity. I, I do appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, I, I am on all social media. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I am on YouTube under Shades of Broken. Shades of Broken, all one word. Uh, if, you're, if you're putting in my website, which, which is shadesofbroken.com. Now, I'm only going to say this next part because something happened yesterday when I was explaining the name of my company and they called it Shaves, like you're shaving with a razor. And so it's, it's actually with a D, like a blind you would pull down over a window, a shade, a shade of broken. Shades, plural, shadesofbroken.com is my website. Uh, You can find my special Facebook group, Shades of Broken. Join that group. I'm doing daily videos. YouTube, Shades of Broken. Again, there you can see I upload two to three videos a day uh, across all my platforms um, so that people can get a a bit of a, a sampling of what I'm about and what I teach. And of course, uh, I think you, you had mentioned earlier, um, Teresa, I think it was you anyway, about the Santa Claus on my hand and uh, the tattoo of the Santa Claus on my hand. And uh, so uh, I, I, will t- I will tell you to this day, to this day, I still do Santa Claus every year uh, for uh, my community. Uh, I will take six weeks off of my life coach work and dedicate it to- solely to doing the work of, uh, of Santa Claus. Um, there is pictures. There is pictures uh, on my Facebook group, Shades of Broken, of me and my Santa Claus outfit, and it's in a nice little cool video that I put together. But uh, it is it is truly, I feel as if I'm, you know, I really am serving one calling. Um, and whether that be as the life coach at shadesofbroken.com or whether it be a Santa Claus at Christmas time, it's all spiritual work. And one thing my shaman teacher once told me, she gave me a Christmas book all about Santa Claus being a shaman. And back, back in the day, Santa Claus 
the Inuit people would, uh, would their shaman would dress in red, red coats with white fur, red for the blood of man, white for the fur of the animals that lived in the Arctic. And she said, so really, she says, it's interesting that you're a Santa Claus because they, they actually, uh, and this is just another version of the story, but maybe you'll like this. The, the up, up in the Arctic and, and, and up in, in the colder regions, they have psychedelic mushrooms that grow. And what the story goes is that the, the reindeer would actually go in and eat those mushrooms, urinate, and the shaman would come along and collect the urine and then eat it, therefore consuming the psychedelic mushroom component through the urine, which gave the reindeer the appearance of flying. Now, what do you think of that? That is something I would never expect to hear, but just, you know, mind-boggling. Amazing. It really is. And, and I've kind of fallen in. What's amazing is, is that I've fallen into this, not by accident. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. But by, per- by, by, purpose. by purpose. 100%. And not realizing what I was falling into was purposeful. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and now I realize that. Now I can look back in hindsight. And, and although I only live in the moment, and, 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 and that's something for people that I can, I can share with you as well. Um, living, I live, I live not in the, the, the past. And, and I don't live in the future. I live in the moment-by-moment the moment reality where nothing is wrong. Moment-by-moment. Moment. I, I take life in extra small bites because, gosh, I was, I was eating a lot of life for a long time. And I, was, I got greedy and gluttonous with life. And that's when I got sick. That's when everything changed. That's when the law enforcement door shut and this new, more awakened door opened. And now I find it hard to remember those days in that uniform. I can only see today. And so I encourage the caregivers and anyone looking to slow their life down I encourage them to live moment by moment in the present right here. And that's the way I've learned to live. And what a blissful, blissful state of silence and beauty that is. So anyone who would like to walk with me in the lifestyle that I know now, they can go to my website, shadesofbroken.com, or the Facebook group that I have, and, and message me 
I would love to hear from you. Listen, even if it's just to say hello, I, I, I'm curious about something you said on, on the show that I heard, ask me the questions. It doesn't cost you anything to ask me a question. And I'm really excited to help you. Whoever you are, you know who you are. I'm really excited to become a part of your life and to have you become a part of my life, just as the three of you as the hosts of this show are now a part of my life, and I'm so thankful for that. Well, well, we're glad well, of course. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you're very welcome. All together now. (laughs) You're very welcome. (laughs) Really, it it, it has been the most blessed experience uh, um, uh, explaining my story to you and having you see me as I am today. But knowing where I came from mm-hmm. and why, the, why that is who I am today, it requires that story, which I, I, I don't go back to because, as I say, I don't live in the past. But for the sake of, of programs that, that like yours, um, we have to tell the, the, the whole story in order for people to kind of get a, an accurate picture of, of where you have to go if you're in a similar stuck position? Well, I think the advantage is is that it gives people an understanding of where you had come from, what you had passed through, and where you are now. So in a manner of speaking, it provides an introduction without the necessity of it being retold again. Yes, absolutely. I, I appreciate you saying that, Richard. I, I actually, you know, I, I, uh, I wrote a book, and the book is called Shades of Broken, and it's my entire life story. And I wrote it for two reasons. One, because I feel it's an important background to be told of how I was and where I was and where I've come from. Um, but it, it really, beyond... such great programs as this, I can hand people my life story in a book and say, you'll get more out of that book. And it's not a big read, but it's, it's once you get into it, you'll be riveted by the nuances of the experiences that I've had and, and, and how they've changed me. And I talk about that night, you know, trying to get that, violent offender under arrest and 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 I talk about what that did to me mentally and 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 I take you through that journey up until this point and so that's on my website as well if anybody's interested in in getting and purchasing a book there I would be happy to send that out to you no problem at all and I guarantee you uh, that it will uh, even give you more perspective uh, even more than what we've been able to cover here in the two hours. May I ask if you're in your 50s? Because I'll be 70 this year. I'm an old oh lady. I'm a sage elder, yeah. So <laughs> sage elder, yeah, I, we're called in the clan of the tribe. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I, yes. You, I, I'm 52. Okay. 
good. I heard I, you say children. How old are your children? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got four wonderful wonderful boys, and uh, they range in ages um, from twenty seven down to eleven. Oh, my and, goodness! <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. long thread. That's isn't that that's a long time. It really is between kids, and you know my my youngest one has been my greatest teacher in my life. Uh, he is um, autistic, uh, and he challenges me every day to be better. I picked that out. <laughs> I was going to say that. Were you? I saw him different. I don't know how to explain it. But any time there is a challenge, whether it's a behavior or something, I always figure there's something in there. And then the person will tell me more, and then I'll tell them something. They're like, how did you know? I don't know how to explain it. I just do. Like if we were sitting down talking, and you just say you have four boys, I'd say, and then you'd say something to me, and it just comes right through, and I would tell you after. And you go, how did you know that? There's no, I can't explain it. I just do. That's part of the gift. It's amazing, you know. But he challenges you in you in certain great ways, so you learn a lot from him. Hello? Anybody there? Oh, I'm still here. Is Shane there? Shane, are you here? Hello. Yes. Yes, I was just sharing that um, my ability to my gift with being a, a psychic advisor, a person, and reading people. I usually pick up when people tell me they are children. The problem children. I just can't explain it. They'll say, how do you know? I just know. And I'll just say something that I tell them. And then like, yes, you're right. How did you know that? Can't explain it. But he challenges you in some wonderful ways that you learn every day about him and more about him and how to deal with him. Yes, because, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the sign, uh, and I'm sure you, you, you recognize it as well, the sign for autism is a puzzle piece. Yeah. And it's such an applicable uh, uh, symbol for autism because you, you, you really never know what you're going to get. And he, uh, all my children, uh, you know, we get along great. But really my youngest one, he, he puts the best lessons in front of me to learn from. Oh, yes, and, he does. And he, he, he isn't where I am. He, he doesn't really, he isn't really into the spiritual part yet. He calls it daddy's weirdo stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> he's but, he's uh, way on top. He knows what's happening. He does. Absolutely. He does. And, and, and you know, something as a child, as the, as the youngest child, uh, uh, he, um, he and I, uh, we learn together on a level that requires sometimes no, no words even. You know, it's really, it's really exceptional. And mm -hmm. what I love is now in schools here in our province, uh, they're starting to bring in meditation 
They're starting yes, to bring in I love yoga. That. I'm like, so into that because I believe that would take the stress, the anxiety away from a lot of little children, a lot. Yes. And um, I think sometimes when you're going through stuff in your family, your life experiences, changes, whatever, that can really, really be a wonderful thing because I did yoga in high school. And all I could remember is positivity, sleeping well, just feeling lighter and happier, more peaceful, more optimistic, changing your outlook on life, you know. So I can yeah, only admit, only pardon see me, but I need it to, doing I, great things. I need to interject here that we're about out of time. So, okay. Melinda, if you would like to, you know, uh, throw a shout out in regards to how people can contact you or whatever, you're welcome to do sure. so. Okay. All right, Richard. Okay, Melinda T. D'Amico. I am on LinkedIn, Melinda T. D'Amico at gmail.com. That's one way you can reach me. And, again, Melinda T. D'Amico at gmail.com. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're most welcome, and we appreciate you, Shane, and all that you've shared with us. Lots and lots and tons of insight. As you say, you know, you can say a thought or a voice an emotion and, and people just pick up on it and know exactly, you know, how mm-hmm. to relate to and so forth. Absolutely. And I, let me let me say to to all of you a heartfelt thank you and what an honor and a pleasure it is to have met today and connected with each of you. And, and what a wonderful talk. I can't believe the two hours have gone. Yes, it's so true. I can't believe the true. time flies by. It just comes and goes. Time so flies thank, thank and you're you having to, fun. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, it does. And and I want to thank you all again. And, and I hope this isn't the last time we all talk. I, I've really enjoyed myself. And thank you to your listeners as well for, for listening to me talk. You're well, most we welcome. And we've enjoyed it. Yeah, Go I ahead. Hope, I, hope we can have you, I hope we can have you back. Oh, yes, I would love to have him talk again. Thank you. So uh, if you have a certain topic you'd like to carry or have us cover you live on the air, and we get out to all types of places, I'm absolutely amazed. I spent nine years finding where to put podcasts and blog talk, and uh, I think I've outdone myself because so many people say they see us all over but uh, right here at Blog Talk Radio, Shane, is where we record in New York, and we appreciate you coming and being a part of our ACO club. Richard is our honorary president, and folks, if you'd like to join, you can let me know at TJ Morris Agency, T-J-M-O-R-R-I-S Agency, A-G-E-N-C-Y, at gmail.com, or rtnight35 at gmail.com. R-T-K-N-I-G-H-T, for those of you listening, and for this to be the recording for Shane, and so he can go back and listen. And Melinda D'Amico uses MelindaD854 at gmail.com. So we know those are the ones we get our email. If you're interested in joining us, if you're an author or life coach, that's who we are sponsoring right now on our American Communications Online and they pay the bills for me right now because they are me. But So if you'd like to donate, 
Yeah, it's TJ Morris ET Radio on PayPal. That's paypal.me forward slash TJ Morris ET Radio. And that's uh, nine years of not covering the bills, but I did the best I could. And this one hangs on. <laughs> but I do pay Spreaker <laughs> to put it out and distribute it for me so I don't have to punch all the buttons on YouTube because it used to take a long time to load this stuff. So now I pay money out to get us more distributed. So, Shane, I can tell you this will be on Spotify. We're owned by iHeart. iHeart bought Voxness, that bought Spreaker, that bought Blog Talk. So there you go. Oh, wow. Those are big names. Yeah, Spreaker, mm-hmm. Stitcher, iHeart. So iHeart's our big mother company now. It's a wonderful yeah. uh, music radio folks. And uh, we're on, like I said, Spotify. We're on Spitcher, Stitcher with an S like you stitch, Spreaker, you know, SoundCloud, all these uh, Booberry and Podbean and uh, all these other companies that have picked me up. I found some on UK and French and all over the place. And some of our great people in Australia and UK follow us. And we actually have a big uh, listening audience in China. Go figure. I don't understand oh. it. How that, I guess they translate it, but <laughs> who knows? There's a lot of people in China. So, uh, yes. But just about every country, the Emirates even. So uh, we've been here nine years, and we have a good following. But, you know, the people that we usually like to come on and talk to us were uh, life coaches. And, uh, you know, I haven't really had a shamanic practitioner so uh that i can remember although like oh. i told you i've had people call me a shaman because of my healing and i but then i did have training you know in the 70s but i guess it counts you know and i've been in and out of country yeah. but we had dr rick allen miller on our board of directors for the uh our ascension cosmos oracles and he has richard allen miller if you have a chance to look him up shane so he's not in canada but he's close to it he's up in oregon on the other oh, okay. side. Now you live on you live in Niagara Falls. That I told you I lived in Rochester. That's where I had a yeah. UFO sighting once. But uh, he's on the complete other side. But Richard lives in Georgia, and Valdosta, and you've been talking with Melinda, and she lives across from the Statue of Liberty. Uh, although she grew up in New York and uh, yeah. right there uh, on the Jersey side. So I worked up there, Bayonne Bridge is what they say, that delivering uh, for years as a big truck driver from uh, 80, 95 to 2003. But for the military, wore the Navy uniform before that, I was in law enforcement. So love and light, everybody. Shane has a similar storyline to at least walk the path we did so he knows what it's like to be in uniform, and now he is a full flight fledged shaman so uh life coach is another way to say that <laughs> we have many labels <laughs> absolutely and we, may, we may have to share the words in the future so maybe we can have you back on shane to uh teach a lesson or just to uh share in our family again of authors life coaches and healers so to speak so uh feel free to let us know if you'd like to come back sometime and be in our club. So you come well, back thank anytime. You. Shades, shadesofbroken.com. That's your source, right? Shadesofbroken.com. And that's Niagara, right. Canada. 
That's correct. All right. But it, I serve I serve customers all through the U.S. Mm-hmm. and Canada. Wonderful. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show, folks. I think Shane is an excellent speaker. I'm sure Thank he's you. just as good at being Santa Claus and uh, <laughs> the shaman here. <laughs> Uh, you can see his pictures here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash TJ Morris ET Radio. Plus, I'll put him a page out on, I'm not sure which one, Mystics Guide, our, our Esoteric Guide, or our Spirituality Wellness Guide, but one of those probably. And, of course, I'll have him on TJ Morris Agency and TJ Morris ET Radio. So you'll be able to see a page for him. And Shane, be sure and send me a list of links for people to find you besides your Shades of Broken. But I do have that one in the script. They used to not let us put, you know, sources or links, but they didn't say anything about this one in the schedule here. So I guess we can leave it at Source Shades of Broken. I've got to admit, I thought of Shades of Gray, when I saw that first, and, did you <laughs> and I haven't read the book, folks, and I have not no, seen the movie or TV shows. So, yeah, no, you nor have I. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> I do. And I, I uh, a lot of people will say that to me, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Well, thank you very much again. You are you are all such beautiful people, and and uh, I really appreciate all the time that you've spent with me. Well, good. I hope you'll find R.T. Knight, or Richard T. Knight, on LinkedIn, who you've been with today. Richard, yes. is it, uh, Richard, do you even know how you got yourself on LinkedIn? Because I didn't uh, get on LinkedIn and tell Shane. Is it Richard T. or just R.T. Knight on LinkedIn? I believe it's Richard T. Um, like mine is and- Melinda T. D'Amico. On LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, our team. I'm TJ. And then it's Richard. Well, and then it's Richard Knight everywhere else. You know. I'm on right. Facebook and and uh, all well, then I'll I'll, I'll definitely uh, send you some friend requests, Richard and uh, and Melinda and, and and Teresa and I are connected. I'll send my my connections out to you tomorrow, and I yeah. look forward to uh, to to. Uh, connecting with you and talking. Yep. Okay, definitely. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds great. Let's do this Sounds again, Thank you. Thanks. Shane, I hope Thank you, everyone. So Have a wonderful you. evening. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank Thanks you, Teresa. So much. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Shane. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye bye right. now. We'll bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Now, folks, we'll Richard. be back Sunday. Bye, Shane. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent show. All right. That was awesome of Shane. And so I guess we'll go uh, because it's late and it's starting to hear thunder and look a little rainy here. And the 7 o'clock TV shows are on. And I don't even – what is this? Thursday. Oh, I think I've got Big Brother. Yeah. Are you still live on the air? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, we're fixing the day. Well, right, good night, right. everyone. We appreciate good night, everyone. Listening. Good night, Teresa. I'll talk to you tomorrow. So we'll we'll see you Sunday. All right. Love All right. right. Bye bye. Yes.
Yes, it's time. 